you and me have this in common. We both became DJs in our careers. Oh, you did? Yeah, after yeah. we were known for something else. And what about Questlove? Yeah, he was His my inspiration. DJing is insane. Yeah, Q-Tip as well. Oh. How you doing, party people? This is Tyler Kwali, the MCEO, BKMC. You are now in tune with the People's Party. I have my homegirl, Jasmine Lee, is in the house. She's going to hold us down. Oh, hey, guys. And we're going to have a good time today. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different things, go a lot of different places. Today's guest on the People's Party is a legend. He's an inspiration to anyone who's ever picked up a camera, a microphone, any type of instrument, anyone who's ever been creative. This man has started festivals, he saved festivals. You might know him, <laughs> you might know him from Jane's Addiction, Porno for Pyro, Satellite Party. You might know him as DJ Peretz. We got the one, the only, Perry Farrell in the house today. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Welcome to our people's party. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. So yeah, we popping this off. Perry, thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us. There's a cliche saying where you want to give people their flowers while they're still here. You know? <laughs> and we have to give Perry Farrow his, his flowers. Oh, thanks, man. Because how- I love flowers. Yeah, flowers are, are wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, how you've impacted the culture, the music, the industry, you've had an impact that I think people who may not even know you as an artist still understand your impact and your influence. Um, yeah, kind of, thank you. What you've done so. with Jane's Addiction and Satellite Party and Porno uh, for Pyros and the festivals, Lollapalooza. Your love and respect for the artistry and your mission, it seems to me from the outside looking in, is to curate an experience for the listener and for the artist and elevate that to the top of the top of the everything at all times. Like that's yeah. most important. Yeah, raise the vibration. Mm -hmm. So we can raise the vibration in the room instantly with good music. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to do that around the world and keep the vibration of the world just resonating just beautifully. I agree. I just finished writing a book. The name of it is Vibrate Higher. There you go. Because it's about Perfect. raising the vibrations in my yeah. life. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so with music, as you just said, is one of the most powerful ways to do that. Um, I'm considered to be a conscious artist. I'm considered to be an artist that makes protest music. Um, to me, as an artist, protest music is the most courageous and the music I have the most fun making because it's the most challenging. A lot of people listen to music to escape and to get away from their problems. And so I feel like the hardest thing in the world to do is to make a piece of art that people are drawn to and uplifts people, makes people feel good, but deals with a serious subject matter. Yeah. I wanted to know your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. It is hard. You know, we would love to write love songs all day long, you know, mm -hmm. and we do write some. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But, but then you have to be you have to be conscious of what's going on mm -hmm. in, entirely. So entirely, we're not at peace yet. But there's some things that we've got to handle, and so we use music to spread our message. Mm -hmm. And some, you know, and we take you know great care to. You don't want to kill a person by telling them, hey, did you know this? Woo! You know, what we want to do is we want to lift, lift up their consciousness. Like, mm -hmm. oh, 
okay, now, thank you. And how do you do that? The, the, the consciousness has to be receptive and open to you. And take you, take in your message, and then digest it and become it. And it's good for you. Mm. It's not bad food, you know. Right. It's not bad message. It's good message. After all, it's saying, you know, women's liberation. Mm -hmm. or, or stand up for your rights. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, I got a right. Mm -hmm. And that stuff, and that stuff, when you digest it, can actually, mm, you chew it down as a young man, you know, you're, you're like, all right, man, I, you know what, this is fuel. Now I'm going to go out and have a good time, but if anybody gets in my way or bothers my woman, mm -hmm. they're going to hear about it. This is mm -hmm. how it goes, man. We want to get to peace. Right. No justice, no peace. That's what they say. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Nelson Mandela has one of my favorite quotes. He said, um, fools multiply when wise men remain silent. And I think that that's what you're speaking to. Yeah, a little bit. Um, also, yeah. when you speak on love and writing love songs, you know, in revolutionary circles or movement work, it's important, in my opinion, to focus on love. Because that's the goal, right? The goal is actually love. Peace, even. Yeah. I'll settle for peace. Yeah. Love is hard. It's hard work, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but what, what I even think is uh, just as hard is getting the world to peace. Can you imagine? I mean, it seems like so easy, but mm -hmm. every time you turn around, there's just something that's, there's no peace here. Right. So, and, you know, you have a new song, uh, Pirate Punk Politician. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be about Donald Trump. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, there's other pirates out there, man. There's a lot of pirates. You need a pirate. You need a pirate ship if you're a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> but so when I make music or when I'm on Twitter talking about social issues, people say to me, why are you trying to convince these people? Or you'll never be able to convince these people. And I tell them, I'm not out here trying to save a racist soul or to convince someone. I want to confront, expose, and destroy <laughs> and sort them out later. What is your intention when you make a protest song? Well, you know, you got, you got thoughts in your head and ideas in your heart, and they, they, hang, they stay with you, you know, but as a musician, you know that you just got to sing them out. Mm -hmm. You know, you just got to go, whoa, this is it, <laughs> man. This is how I feel, like, right. whoa, that's going on. And then, you know, and so I like to, you know, after all, I don't, like, I don't want it to get too heavy. Like, my slant on things is, I'll tell you the truth, mm -hmm. And I might fuck with your head, and it's kind of. And in the end, though, what I want us to do is end up laughing together. Mm. Like what I would love to do is fuck with conservatives so hard that they actually love that song and love what I'm saying, right? And laugh at it too, right? And see themselves and be okay with it because nobody's perfect. Mm. And you know. The world will not be at peace as long as there's one fool out there. Everybody has to contribute to peace. Mm. So, you know, you can, you can look at them as like, uh, you know, there's a war going on. But, you know, I think that um, religion, no, you know, not religion, let's not use that word. Study of God and mm. meditation, mm. meditate on God, is a good thing for everybody. You know, I know that religion tends to 
people re read something and interpret it their own way, and then all of a sudden we can't, we uh, don't understand each other. You know mm -hmm. that that could get in the way. But I myself love to study God. Mm -hmm. I love the study of God and nature, mm -hmm. and that leads me to people. And what what I've been thinking about a lot lately is that you cannot talk. You, it's it's best to not talk badly about individuals. Mm -hmm. As hard as that is. More talking about systems is what you're talking about, right? You could talk about systems. Mm -hmm. You could talk about uh, what, what you don't want to do is, you, you know, that person, that person also is a child of God. Mm -hmm. And they might be messed up. Mm -hmm. But that's how I kind of look at it. I try not to talk bad about people. Um, sometimes, you know, I can't help but they got a lot, man. They could... They could do with a little smack in the face. Who cares? <laughs> but but generally, even them, mm -hmm. I don't I don't want to talk badly about them because I don't think things would change as quickly. I think if you say this is what this is what I've been thinking about lately, the way to to get the change is to involve everybody mm -hmm. instead of to say okay you're out now because you're dumb. What we say is come here, come in closer here now. Let's all make, make some right. in this circle right. together. Right. And that way, because, man, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I don't think it can happen. It, you cannot look at one race, one type of people, and everybody's got their, their great, they've got like 70 to 80% greatness. Well, let's maybe even say 50 mm -hmm. or even say 20% super great in their denomination or right. background or, or uh, you know, their race. And then you've got about 38 to 30% of guys that are knuckleheads. And it's across the board. And, you know, I don't mean to pick. But if you look at, you know, this core group in America right now that are just like, <laughs> but you know what? Right. Next group replaces them. They're going to have 30% of those people that are going, derp. On goofy stuff. Right, right. And then we're going to have our heroes, you know, who are, who are our, you know, the men that we look up to mm -hmm. and women. And then there's going to be people we're ashamed of. Everyone's got them. Yeah. You got them in your family, man. Yeah. I got them in my family. So yeah. that's why I, I like, it's hard for me to, to talk about, what, you know, what can be done. So, well, I do. You know, I get to it, but I know the way is not to talk about individuals and and insulting them because, uh, you know, who knows? They might be on bad drugs. Yeah. We don't know about. Yeah, you're right. You I know, mean, they might be getting that the, some new kind of crazy Ritalin, making right. them sweat real hard. That's that's such an important point because, <laughs> you know, we have this thing right now where it's called co cancel culture, where somebody makes one mistake, and then I know everything else. And you can done. make up the mistake. Yeah. I mean, I get. I'm afraid, like, as I as I get more popular, mm -hmm. you know, for lack of a better word, I'm afraid that somebody's going to say something crazy about me and it won't be true, but, like, it'll start to, you know, loop, and what do we right. call it, uh, you know, it'll um, start to feedback. Right. It's like, it's like what they say about the lie running around the world and that a can, bunch of times and, and, before the truth can put on his shoes. Yeah, you see, and, and that, that can harm a soul. It can hurt a soul really bad to, to talk bad about it. 
is a it actually is is kind of sinful in the universe. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really it's such a hard thing to do, but it's a great principle to practice. Is you know, we don't want to talk about the person. I, but let's I, talk about the you know what I mean. Let's talk about what has to happen next. I that's think that's it. I think that's that's brilliant. I think that's the exact way people should look at the world, um, myself included. Um, I am trained like an activist work to look at the system rather than look at the individual. But it becomes seductive, especially when you're yeah, and everybody's know. talking about a certain thing. But you know what? It's short-lived though, too, because their story isn't as great as the story of the universe. That's so right. if we stick with that, like let's go after universal truth. That's right. That, that message will carry through forever. That's right. Jasmine, I wanted to ask you and to get your voice in the conversation, if there is a protest song right now that you feel like is popular and mainstream, but also uh, criticizes the system? Uh, well, my favorite protest song out right now actually does talk about the person, so totally against your philosophy, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, YG's, <laughs> YG's Fuck Donald Trump. Huh? I've, have you heard the song YG's Fuck Donald Trump? Mm -hmm. YG? Yeah, yes. YG, Fuck Donald Trump, featuring and Nipsey Hussle, Rest in Peace. Nipsey oh, Hussle, Rest oh, in Peace yeah. is also featured on it. I love that song so much because not only does it like let you know what's going on in the world right now, it's also a club banger. So when you hear That's it... That's what I'm saying. At yeah. the end, you should have a twisted smirk on your face. Exactly. You can get people to laugh about it. It kind of busts up the... The silence. It does, and people listen to the actual words of this talking about what he's trying to do to Mexicans. It talks about the ban that he's trying to <laughs> do to Muslims and everything. It's a very oh, specific song. Oh, yeah, it's very, it's very, very specific. Got Each it. verse goes into different but, things that I'm he's okay. doing. I guess I'm okay with that because you're already making me laugh, so I can <laughs> use a good laugh. And right? when you ride down the street and you hear it blasting uh, yeah. through people's speakers, and, you're just like, <laughs> and then you start listening, like, damn, he's really doing all of that. So it like puts you um, in the know, whereas you might not have, as people that are listening to that song may not have turned on CNN and seeing every particular thing that he's doing, but that song educates you and it makes you dance. All right, can I ask you a question? Do you think there will ever come a time where you'll actually feel sorry for him or people of his family? Um, this is the thing, I'm a I Libra. Do. I so, do too. Yeah. When he I'm, dies. Because I'm a human, I'm a humanist. I'm, right. I'm pro-black and all that, but I'm a human first. And I'm a New Yorker too, yeah. you know. And the guy was from Queens. And I, I grew, like him. that's what I'm telling you. They come from everywhere. They come <laughs> from your family. They come from your hometown. I sometimes rub my head. I'm thinking, like, I want to tell, I want to say, you know, I'm from Queens too. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm like, what the fuck? How could you feel that way when you were born in Queens? But you probably never came to my neighborhood. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? It's, a, it's the politics. Style. It's like Donald Trump, for me, has always been a racist. He's always been a fascist, a corporatist. Really? But you know what? I was fine with it. Michael Moore makes the point in his last movie where he says, nobody protested M NBC. No, none of us who thought Donald Trump was a racist wrote a letter to NBC and said, let's take Donald Trump off The Apprentice. We were all fine with it. I was you knew about him then? I as did. A, Growing how did up, you I know? Well, uh, the first thing is the Central Park Five. So me being oh, a, a black kid growing up in it. Brooklyn, got when it. he called those, when he called for death penalty on those innocent oh my God. young black men, right? They, they called them a wolf pack, right? Uh, and uh. so I remember going to the mall as a 14 year old kid and the police in the oh, mall. Oh, that was yeah, like your- Being like, y'all can't you're walk together. You cutting teeth yeah. at that point. Yeah, and Donald Trump's in the newspaper 
like making uh, fun of people who look like me. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then as I as I got to know oh, more stuff, right. but yeah, I knew he was a racist. Like hip hop has always celebrated him as a symbol of decadence and wealth. So there's all, a, lot, a lot of po uh, positive references to him in hip hop songs. But I was always like, no, he's still a racist. But I didn't care because he was a clown. I didn't mind seeing a racist clown. Right. On NBC. Harmless. Harmless. Racist. When he, when he when he became a political who candidate. will like you if you are popular. That's right. So, I I'll, feel tell like, you, I'll tell you a story. Uh -huh. So, it was 9, 10, 19, uh, 2000, something around there. And I did a party for is this Mark a, Jacobs. Is this a I Met Donald Trump story? Yeah. <laughs> okay, before you tell the story, I want to hear it. But I was about to say, the thing I was about to say before you told that story was, I feel like if you've achieved a certain amount of success over the last 30 years, you've been in a room with that man. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's hear the story. So it was New York City. Mm -hmm. We were on the docks of the Hudson, uh, and I was DJing for Mark Jacobs mm -hmm. when when the the uh, you know um, the fashion shows used to be so extravagant. Mm -hmm. They brought in like fruit that was crazy exotic fruit, bowls of it. Yeah, you don't remember that part, but I do because <laughs> it was. I'm looking at the details of the party. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be a fashion show any minute. I'm going I'm to DJ after the fashion show. And they have bowls of fruit in shapes that you've never seen it. You've never tasted it. You know, you might have tasted star fruit, right? Mm -hmm. That's just the start of where <laughs> they were. Right. Then from there, they had a, you know, like a cowberry and a thistle milk. Wow. I mean, like, shit, you've <laughs> never. <laughs> shit that I'm making up right now because that's thistle what it milk. looked like. <laughs> Somebody taps, he says to me, you know, he wants to meet you. And he was with his, his wife. I looked at him and they gave me a model pose. Both of them went like this. <laughs> That's my story. Then the next, then the next morning, mm -hmm. I woke up on the television mm -hmm. and I saw smoke on, on a building. That was, it wow. was 9-11 the next morning. Wow. wow. Do you ever hear that video, that tape of Donald Trump bragging about how he has the tallest building in New York now? I did not, but this is what I'm trying to tell you, man. I hung out with him for, for that, that, amount, that moment. But when he gave me that face, I was like, I don't know what to do. What do I do there? Start catwalking? <laughs> you model back to So him. I did. I catwalked away. <laughs> Hit you with the magnum. <laughs> okay, so... That's how you speak to people at those right. parties. Yeah. So... What are your fav what's your favorite protest song? Okay, my favorite. Mm -hmm. Or favorites. Okay. I, if it's not just one. Okay. My favorite happens to be Woody Guthrie's This Land Is Your Land. That's mm. a great one. And my, my buddy Tom Morello and I mm -hmm. have sung that stage, a song on stage at protests. That should be what the NFL players come out to. Mm. And we... This land is right. my land, California, New York Island. Fucking awesome, right? And by the way, it's all about, I, as I go walking, you know, I saw a building and it was about people that were impoverished mm -hmm. and needed help from the government. And he felt so ashamed that the government was like not helping these mm -hmm. poor people. And he wondered, is this, you know, whose land, is, you know, whose land yeah. was it made for? 
Um, what you just said about it reminds me of my favorite protest song, which is uh, Here's to You, Joan Baez. Really? Yeah. Nice. I mean, you know, that's, I like the Woody Guthrie song because, for the and same Joe reason. And Joe Hill, she sings too. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But I, the, one, the reason I like Here's to You is because of the limit, limited amount of lyrics. And even with This Land Is Your Own, there's not a lot of lyrics. Right. Well, I guess there are more. Yeah, there are. are. But I like the fact oh. that you could sing that refrain over and over again. And people could sing along with it, not even realizing it's a protest song. Same thing with the fuck the Donald Trump song. Mm -hmm. You're singing along with it, not even realizing <laughs> the message is, I don't want to say insidious. That's what I'm saying. It, 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 you'll, your conscious, your psyche will open up to it. Should yeah. you because, people to learning. Yeah, and because it makes you feel good. It's actually, that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. It's good food. It's good food. It's good food. It's sustenance. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the thing. All right, so when I was in, I have a unique experience um, I was going to Brooklyn Tech High School, and I was failing out of every class because I was cutting school. My parents are educators. They are both college professors. Their focus is education. Oh, wow. So they sent me to a boarding school in Connecticut, Cheshire Academy, and I was opened up to a lot more cultural experiences outside of Brooklyn, um, but the music was the most uh, sort of a different thing. Where I grew up, everybody was just hip-hop. The white kids in Connecticut, they're listening to rock and roll and they're listening, they're watching MTV 120 Minutes. And I'm opened up to all these new bands and these oh, ideas, cool. right? And so my favorite artist at that time in my life was Ice-T, right? <laughs> and so Ice-T credits you what? with introducing him to thrash and certain types of rock and roll. Really? Yeah, he does. He said that oh, in an interview. And, um, and, you know, I think people don't really look at Ice-T as a protest artist, but... <sighs> But you know, because I think yeah. he might be more famous in certain circles for Law and Order. Law and Order. Well, you know? for sure he's more famous. But, yeah. But in my time, I mean, I had a hard time uh, getting him to uh, jump on stage at Lollapalooza mm -hmm. because I was getting all kind of heat. Like, are you sure you want to do that? Because this is like very a, there's a danger around it. Yeah, there's a danger to it. To 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 it for, for us and to him. Mm -hmm. And you sure you want to do that? You know what, I, I was pretty reckless, but I felt right. For, I felt it was right to do for sure. Right, and you're talking about doing that song, doing the, the Sly uh, Family Stone song. Well, there was that too, mm -hmm. but I'm talking about. Just getting on stage. I'm talking about. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's hard, you know, like, that's a, that's a, that's a very, uh, I don't know, it, it's almost a private conversation how you feel about that because, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we need protection. We mm -hmm. need to, people to serve and protect us, mm -hmm. for sure. I think they forget the serve part a lot. Right, and mm -hmm. that's part of what the... We need to serve, serve more, then that would be cool. Protection part, you know, yeah. they're riding the line back and forth right there. I think Ice-T was very smart to do that song, and the sort of cop, cop killer song, yeah. right? To do that song with body count. Yeah, but we don't want to kill anybody. No. That's not cool. Absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm anti-violent, right? But, but I am for anybody's right to say what they want, especially mm -hmm. if they've been through things that, you know, would, would traumatize them. It's very brave and courageous uh, to, you talked about the difficulties with bringing Ice-T because of the controversy, but for me, as a, fan and a musician it was awesome right and it was like our consciousness about race and culture is way more now 
uh, in 2019 than it was back in 91. The idea that you and Ice-T would even do that was revolutionary in itself. Just the image of seeing y'all on stage together was revolutionary, mm -hmm. right? And then you take it a step further and you do this line of Family Stone song, which is a song that I, I grew up knowing Me and too. loving. But my question is, is that here's a song that's written about, uh, uh, written by a black artist, where they're dealing with nigger versus whitey, or hmm. the N-word versus whitey, yeah. right? And- um, see, Sly did it sweetly. Yours was rock and roll. My, ours was, was yeah. ours was, well, I, I felt like that's what time it was, you know? Sly had, like, whoa, man, can you believe he wrote that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, it was dangerous for him. So dangerous, but he was like, he had, he had a wah on his, a wah, yeah, it was yeah. like a sweet thing. It, it was, was almost sweet. like a... But so in, so in 2017, maybe, or 18, Kendrick Lamar has a song called Good Kid, Mad City, and the hook has the N-word in it, and... He asked people to come on stage to freestyle and do their own thing. And so it's like, man, damn, where you come from, nigga? And then you got to freestyle, right? So one show, wow. he brings his white girl on to oh, freestyle. Wow. Waiting for her chance. Right, and she gets on <laughs> and she goes, she does, she does the song and she says the N-word. And because of, I'm assuming, where she comes from, all her friends, she, she, they, they don't think they're racist. They listen, they love hip-hop. They love Kendrick Lamar. They have the Kendrick. And she doesn't understand that in that particular context, it may be taboo. And so Kendrick stopped. He was very gracious. He was like, listen, he's like, you can do the song, but just do me a favor. Don't say that word. Now, now you said the word in the performance. You also said it in a very theatrical way to me when I watched his performance art. But do you think that you and Ice-T could do that song in this climate in 2019? Today? Yes. Yeah. And you would? In a second. Okay. They, they asked me to talk about him. He was doing a, it was a show all about his life. Mm -hmm. And uh, they asked me to come in and they interviewed me. And um, I found out the funniest thing. He was a bank robber. Oh, yeah. He's had an incredible life. I thought, he, you know, I've heard about the other things he did, but I didn't know he robbed banks. <laughs> and now he's playing a cop. And then I had a newfound, like, interest and respect for him because it takes a lot of nerve to be a bank robber. You mentioned racism in L.A. And L.A. is a big part of your blueprint and your DNA and on those early Lollapaloozas you were bringing Ice-T, Ice Cube. Ice Cube is credited with like predicting the LA riots, right? And I saw a clip of Sasha Jenkins uh, Oh, that's one of the protest songs. Yeah. 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 After police. Yeah. I saw you talking about the LA riots and talking about the gang culture and stuff and, and it has a, it had a profound effect on you. And you talked about the, the, the bandanas fashioned into the American flag. Yeah, did and you see you that? that? Yeah. yeah. So a clip of it. Um, could you speak more to that? Well, there was an artist, um, there was this woman, forget her last name, Julie was all I know, she was an art dealer. Mm -hmm. And she got, uh, you know, LA street art. I was really particular to that type of art, you mm -hmm. know had Mexican cats would be like, you know, for my mother, por mi madre, mm -hmm. yo, yo muerto, which was, means for my mother I would die, mm -hmm. you know, and, and cool, it was really cool, painted on wood, and there was this other thing that was a giant American flag, but it was the bandanas, the blue bandanas and the, mm -hmm. versus the red bandanas, the guy wove it all into a giant American flag, of course there was a white bandana too, 
from that time, at that time, they started to become friendlier, which I thought that, okay, that's awesome. To see people that are like, we're warriors against mm -hmm. each other, talking and shaking their hands and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I don't know. That's and that's start. happening right now because yeah. of the whole Nipsey um, hustle murdering, you know, Bloods and Crips have made another truce and they were tying their flags together and mm -hmm. showing that on the internet and things of that nature too. Your yeah. experience with hip hop, how, uh, can you talk to me about that? Because you seem to have a very intimate knowledge about hip hop and the acts that you picked for Lollapalooza were not just popular and successful, but they were the acts that us hip hop fans were like, that's the real hip hop. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of help with it. I. You know, uh, I sit on committee, but my committee is fierce. Mm -hmm. And then I've got on the other side, personally, in my family, my children. And my children are super huge hip-hop fans. Mm. So I'm always hitting them up. Every time I hit them up, what are you listening to? It's always, like, new school hip-hop. Right. Yeah, but, you know, I ask them about you and the roots, and they go, yeah, I know. I'm, my son told me, yeah, I'm listening to this song about them right now. Right. So we're a little, they're getting we're a little older now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. that's don't, don't, don't take offense. Oh, I'm he not. Even I, said I love to it. Me, he even said to me, he goes, Dad, I know your music is heavy, but you're kind of from another generation. <laughs> like, and so I am, son. Yeah, you are. We are. <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah. Um, so you and me have this in common. We both became DJs in our careers. Oh, you did? Yeah, after yeah. we were known for something else. And what about Questlove? Yeah, he was His my inspiration. His DJ is insane. Yeah, Q-Tip as well. Oh. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, oh my God, no, pretty he's better good. than that. Those are the guys I look to. You know, yeah. Questlove, D-Nice, Rich Medina, DJ Scratch, Q-Tip. Um, when I was in a lift a couple of days ago, I mentioned to my lift driver that I was going to be interviewing you, and he's like, "Man, Perry is so important to to the Chicago house music scene." Really? Right. Well, I, I tell you, I briefly, uh, you know, went for it hardcore mm -hmm. into the DJ world. I remember performing in Chicago mm -hmm. my first time there, and I was really nervous, right? Mm -hmm. I was going into some places, it was like one of their heaviest clubs, downstairs. I put my first record on, and it's so thick with human human like <laughs> that <laughs> I dropped the needle down and I and a drop come hit hits the record from the ceiling and <laughs> makes the record go that was my first introduction to Chicago house music mm. as a DJ no it's like, it's no no right, just vinyl, these, were, these vinyl. are vinyls and it's like the universe was gonna see I was going to play a cosmic joke on me. <laughs> Dropped the big fat drop from the ceiling, uh -huh. which was about that high off of my head. Flap! <laughs> and, you know, I was trying so hard because were you into it when it was vinyl versus vinyl? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to loving. Mm -hmm. I got to loving waking up in the morning and mixing, and my left side and my right side of my brain, which is, I'm assuming that my left side was controlling my right, mm -hmm. my right side was controlling my left, because I'm not that great with things on my left, but, but mixing it up, mm -hmm. pow, and then touching it, it was, it's kind of like, it's sexy, it's yeah, sexy, man. 
and it's um, you, it's like a, you have a dance partner going on. I love it that I'm so watching great. you DJ right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you went there. Oh, I mean, I used <laughs> to do that and just and getting better and better and better at it. And man, there I had my moment in Chicago and it just went, but then from there, and everybody laughed. Mm -hmm. that the broke best the accidents ice. are the best. I mean, the accidents make the greatest art. Beautiful it mistakes. It was like right? the cosmic joke. It was like everyone's waiting around. Hey, let's fuck with them. I've had those moments as a DJ. When I first started getting booked as a DJ, yeah. I'd get booked at places I had no business at. I'd get booked like a big room in Vegas, right? Uh-huh, I've done that. Yeah, and I've, I am not ashamed to admit, more than once early in those early stages, I lost the floor oh. being arrogant because my intention when I first started was, you know what, I sit in a club and I'm like, I could be a better DJ than this. There's gotta be other songs he could be playing. And so you play what you wanna play and that might not be what the people wanna hear. I'll bet you anything you're so esoteric, mm -hmm. but you're like, well, I, when I saw Quest, mm -hmm. he was in a small room. He had all these 45s. Mm -hmm that I had never heard. It's like dust, Dusty Fingers, you know, mm -hmm. kind of Dusty Fingers yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. Like, dusty Fingers just stuff. Find, he found beat after beat mm -hmm. after beat that I'd never heard of. To me, I couldn't believe it. It was like one of the greatest DJs I've ever seen. See, and that's the thing, see, and that's why I said it was a room but, that I didn't belong in. But, I didn't belong if you would go room. into that Vegas room that mm -hmm. I think you're talking about, because mm -hmm. I've been in the Vegas <laughs> yeah, room, yeah. Vegas started to book me too, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this was before, like, Marshmallow. Mm -hmm. I mean, Marshmallow, you cannot lose, man. The cat's on the box. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, with us, we were like, now nah, I'm going to fuck with them. I'm going like, to try something. I'm going to try something. Yeah. See, and that's the thing. <laughs> that's, that's, we have a privilege as celebrity DJ because we can come in and there's a certain buffer. Sure. You know, the average working class right. DJ, he can't. If they love you, that's, and that's, that's 95% of it, right? When you go to see Quest, you go to see Quest because you want to hear what Quest Love wants to play. So DJing is really cool, and um, it is. It's a, all good. It is. It's, you know, the anything best that can get people jamming, right? But I think one of the most important things is how do you come up with your name? What do you call yourself? Because uh, these millennial times, names mean a lot. So yeah. how did you guys come up with your name? Your names? name is great, by the way. Which one? Peripheral. <laughs> Peripheral. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> fucking. That's an MC name. Like as a rapper, I'm like, fuck, that's a good name. <laughs> I would have steal it. Where did, where did you it. come up with it? Were you just sitting down on the toilet and well, it's like, you know, um, you know, back in the day, I, I came in, into the music scene around 1981, 82, up here in Los Angeles. So we were coming out, we were coming out of punk, but we still had X, Darby Crash had died, Screamers, broke up, you know, these are groups. Uh, Minutemen were getting off. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't till 19, really 89, 88. I mean, at 87, I was seeing rappers showing up at parties and they would take over the floor, like there'd be the DJ that was playing right. hits and stuff. And then all of a sudden there'd be some cat and this would be like after party shit. Where it's like Uncle be. Jams. Yeah, they'd be yeah. rap, warm yeah. and rap dirty, rap, warm and rap dirty, and then just, just go off, right? And that was really interesting. By about like 88, 89, I remember even cats were coming over from the East Coast. I, I was hanging out with Fishbone, and then Fishbone would take me out to see like um, Houdini and mm -hmm. all these other cats. Oh. Scare the crap out of me because <laughs> the gangs would be roaming. Mm -hmm. Like we would be in some place down around uh, USC or something like that. 
And then I'd see all of a sudden he, you know, they'd say, oh, you know, get, get up. They'd say, you know, cling to the wall, cling to the wall, Perry. <laughs> I would cling to the wall, like, why, <laughs> what's going on? LL Cool J, mm -hmm. all these dudes. And then I'd see these cats coming and they would be, you know, they got their shirts off and they got their fucking do-rags and you'd just be looking for someone to sock. Right. And I was the only white kid there. <laughs> I, would be, I would cling to the wall like, I'm gonna get myself a beer over here. You know, but uh, it was thrilling too. I, I'm real happy I got, I, I was invited by those guys. Sounds awesome. And then you decided your name because... Oh! <laughs> So, <laughs> I know, I go off on tangents. And that's um, not your DJ name. Your DJ name is DJ Peretz. Peretz, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my real birth name. Right. Oh. That, it's, it means the voice of the land. Right. Mm. That's what I was my birth, birth given name. But um, peripheral, so in English, Peretz is Perry. My brother, his name is Farrell. So I put, and he's my hero, you know. Mm -hmm. Growing up, he's a real tough biker. Mm. Believe that? I got a brother who's got a beard down to here. I could totally believe it. And he's Jewish, but he's a hardcore biker, <laughs> like an outlaw biker. I got a friend named Dave New York, Russian Jewish guy from Queens, New York. He lives out here in LA. He's a biker. He's part of a crew called Rough Riders. He's got like the Statue of Liberty tattooed here, the World Trade Center on fire tattooed on oh, his arm. Wow. Whoa. Like he's a real New Yorker. Yeah. Yeah. So in 80, 81, 82, Darby Crash. Mm -hmm. Now who am I going to be, you know? So I already had Perry. So want to hear even a trippier thing? Absolutely. So recently, I'm trying to find my roots, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't have a, a, my family was dysfunctional. So I, I, don't, I don't know as much about the history of my family as I would like. Mm -hmm. And I know we all feel that way. We want to know more and more and more. So recently, you know, I have, I do have family out here that know, that can trace, you know, my father's side. Um, and so they gave me a paint, uh, a painting of my grandfather, who I did not know. I didn't know his name. I just recently got it in like the last two, within two years. Oh, wow. On the back of this painting, it says Moses Berenstecher, Berenstecher. Moses Berenstecher. So I jumped on the internet. Berenstecher, what's that mean? It means kind, entertainer, handsome. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. So the next DJ name, name is going to be Berenstecher. <laughs> yeah, that fits. But Perry Farrell, I, I liked it because it meant peripheral. Because I felt like I'm in the circle. I'm just not in the center. You know, mm. like... I'm a little awkward. I like to watch, kick back, and check out things too. And, and I can do that. Like I say, hey, they're coming, man. Perry, get against the wall. Right, right. So that's what I do. Right. <laughs> what about you, Talib? Um, Talib Kwali is my birth name. Um, my first rap name was MC Genesis because my word like for flesh. That. You know, like the Bible. Um, but um, In the beginnings. Yeah, too. in the beginning. I had a song that's called In the Beginning. Heavy. But yeah, I felt like Talib Kweli was a better rap name than the names I was coming up with at the it's time. It's heavy. It is heavy. Can I, can I ask you, what's your family's background? African-American, you know, straight up. My father's family's from the New York area, my mother's family from South Carolina. But, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I'm a New Yorker, hands down. My parents, like every, I'm born in 1975. So most black people that I know that were born in the 70s have Muslim names mm -hmm. or African names because their parents, our parents were... Like Muhammad Ali. Right, or it, it's the roots. Islam. They're my age. You have Tariq, Trotter. Abdul-Jabbar. That's right. You have Amir Thompson. We all have... We, our parents were reading these African name books, but somehow they only got to like the Muslim parts. <laughs> so we all have these Muslim well, names. Well, people, yeah, at that time, people were like, if you're black and you want to like have a safety mm -hmm. in numbers... And you want to say, hey man, back the fuck off. It's, it's not a bad thing to kind of back it, have your back on a religious aspect because mm -hmm. the religious aspect means I'm about God. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm just telling you, man, if you mess with me, but I'm about God though. Right. So I understand that. It was more a thing of um, representation. You know, Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, however right. you feel about him as a, as a politician for me as a person it was very important to see a man named Barack Hussein Obama yeah because I remember teachers telling me that I would never succeed with my name I remember teachers not being able to pronounce my name in school and being told you know because what you have this what were the teachers white yeah white teachers and they said that to you yeah absolutely that's just, you know, I remember, you know. Like something like Perry Farrell. <laughs> but names were important. Like you. Names you, are important. You, you decided to call yourself to something because that was important to you. How you identified was very yeah. important. Yeah. I want people to look at me and mm -hmm. have a thought about me. And this is what I want them to think about me. I want them to start to, mm -hmm. to dig deeper. Like what is, that, what is that guy all about? Right. He's about. Kind, kind of handsome. Yeah, kind and <laughs> handsome entertainer. Entertainer. I, I noticed that when you speak of spirituality, when you speak about your projects, you're often inspired by dreams and visions. Yeah. And things come to you in a dream and be, are very sort of vivid to you in ways you describe it in a way that someone would describe just walking down the street. Like, I'm interested in how important you feel like the dreams are. Yeah. Mm. Dreaming is super important. So I, I understand that in, in the universe there's different dimensions. Mm -hmm. I've spoken to angels mm -hmm. for, for a few minutes. I've had angels speak to me as I was sleeping to give me dictations. Wow. I've gone and traveled to places, as an example, last night. I was at a place, I go a lot to a place where it is kind of war-torn. Mm. Last night I was at a place where there's a woman, she, she came through my window, I was living by the water, and she came into my house because she said, yeah, a lot of people know about this place. And I'm like, really? Uh, and, then she, and, and she started to kind of take things. She, took, she was stealing poetry. <laughs> I had poetry hanging around all over the place. And so she thought, that was my dream from last night. That's what I remember off the top of my head. But it tells you that when, when we dream, we can either be spoken to by a spirit. We can go someplace, uh, what do they call astral project? Yeah. And go someplace. That's what Alice Coltrane and them was on. And, and this is what I think, because when I, when I spoke to this angel, this happened in 1993 or so. It never happened again, but I was speaking to an angel through the medium of a girl that I was sleeping with. Mm 
Mm. The girl sat up and started talking to me as my mother. So she was talking as a New York Jewish woman that came up in Brooklyn. She was Chinese. Wow. She did not know how to speak my mother's language. And she told me, call your sister tomorrow, ask your sister for, for my Mahjong set, which I had no idea my mom played Mahjong. I died, my mom died when, she was, when I was three. Called my sister up. She said, that's so weird. I just got mommy's Mahjong set in the mail from auntie. Wow. So I have that Mahjong set. I finally got it last year. For, I, took, I asked her for Hanukkah. Can I get that Mahjong set? Yeah. She sent it out. I got proof, man. They talk to you. They, they, it's possible. You just have to be willing to listen. Well, they came to me. I'll be honest with you. And I say they because she said, we are very proud of you. This is what, this is wow. what uh, she said at first. So I know there was others there. Wow. But I couldn't see her. But she was talking to me through, the, through another body. I don't think it's probably often permitted, but I think about it every day, as you probably would, you know, mm -hmm. if it happened to you. And yeah, I got it sense. now. So there's other dimensions. When we die, we go someplace, we go to a place. Uh, you know, we're all, we're still kin, we're, we're re related to, you know, our relatives. It goes back, it goes deep, man. There's, there's other dimensions. And so to, to answer your question about dreams, so when you're dreaming, you know, you're spi we're spirit and we're soul. We're spirit and soul. And we know that. My mom told me that. She said, your soul knows. Because I asked her, I said, who knows? I wanted to ask her, can I help you get, get out from where you are? I talked to God and she told me no. Mm. I said, well, who knows? And she said, your soul knows. So I study the soul now, what it's all about. It's where we go. We don't lose conscious. We only refine our consciousness. Man, this has been wonderful for me. Uh, Jasmine, you're not the only one who learned stuff today. Um, I learned a lot. Oh, thank you. I learned as well. Um, I feel like... Yeah, thank you. I feel like I have a relationship with Perry Farrell now. <laughs> yes, yes, same. Me too. <laughs> and it's super dope. Talib, Talib. Um, This awesome. is the People's Party, um, and this was awesome for me. And everybody, give it up for Perry Farrell. Thank you. And you as well. Thank you.